Welcome to Answer the Call with Kelsey Kemp. That's me. I am a career coach helping Christians discern their calling and boldly create a career that's aligned with it. So you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. My mission is to help you find yours so you could run the good race. And when you finally meet your maker here, well done, good and faithful servant. On this podcast, you'll hear me interview guests from all walks of life who have boldly answered God's call throughout their career. And you'll also hear from me, providing in-depth strategies, trainings, and biblically-backed career advice from my perspective as a career coach and also just as someone who's passionate about striving to align my life with God's intended purpose for it, according to what He says in the Bible. I'm so grateful you're here to join me in answering the call, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. For this episode, I think it's a good way to start to say that culturally speaking, it really seems as though we have painted corporate jobs, and I've done my part in this, and working in cubicles and skyscrapers and all these things as some international emblem of prioritizing security and maybe even self-gain over boldly following your true passion and all those things. And honestly, I would definitely called out of my corporate job in tech consulting. Um, And that was not a place God intended me to stay. But for so many people, the corporate realm is exactly where God has called them to be. And my friend Andrew Winker is one of those people. We had the delight of knowing each other in college and even working on a semester-long project together. So I could guarantee Solid dude, a dear friend of mine, and I'm so excited for you to hear from him today. So Andrew is a follower of Christ who has been so faithful and purposeful in his career decisions and the way he carries himself in the job at one of the most prestigious consulting firms in the world, honestly. It's a big one, but um, really hyping it up, but it actually really does deserve the hype. He's very, very impressive. And despite um, working at such a place that might maybe drum up that picture of, oh, you know, just going for the personal gain and working in a skyscraper and just uh, going for worldly achievement. That is not the case. He really is so faithful and purposeful in serving the Lord through this career in which he has been called. Um, and this is a must-listen episode for anyone, not just to gain a redeemed view of the purpose of quote, traditional business careers, working for large companies, but also for anyone to just redeem your view of the true purpose of all work, as well as uh, how we can have a balanced, healthy, faithful perspective in approaching our work, no matter how frustrating or fulfilling it feels at that moment. And one of my favorite moments in this conversation with Andrew is whenever he shares the fact that it's not our ultimate job to maximize our talents and be as productive as possible for for God. That's not our ultimate job. Um, This totally convicted me of the truth that our first purpose is to have faith in Jesus and to seek to live a faithful life for Him. And the fruits that come from that are just a result. They're just a byproduct of 
that faith and following of Jesus Christ. Um, they're not necessarily supposed to be our focus, just, just get an A plus in life and win and be so productive and be the hero of the story. And I think that Andrew's perspective on this, it genuinely blew me away. And I was like, whoa, I, I, how do we just move on with the interview after this? I, I just found those insights to almost knock the wind out of me. I found them so profound. Um, and so, yes, this was just one of the many profound moments in this episode that I'm excited for you to listen to. So stick around to the end and tell me what stood out most to you. So take a screenshot and share this on Instagram or whatever favorite social media platform of yours is, but most impactful of all, it would be so appreciated. If if you appreciated the work that Andrew and I put into this episode, then please take a literal nanosecond <laughs> to tap the five stars at the bottom of your screen. If you really want to make a difference though, you could just take an extra 30 seconds uh, as you're even listening to this episode to write a few words and a review to share how much this podcast has been helpful to you. So thank you so much for for that. It really does make a difference for us and us, <laughs> me and my huge team behind me. What? Uh, such a, like a classic entrepreneurial pitfall. Just me here. I would really appreciate it. And uh, now I will leave you to <laughs> enjoy this episode with Andrew Winker. Andrew, I am so grateful to have you on. My friend from college, go way back. It's kind of a momentous occasion to be together again, catching up like we did before the recording. But let's just kick it off with a little overview. Give us a intro to Andrew. Oh my gosh, that sounded so gross. Yeah, can you please <laughs> refer to yourself in third person as you give us a little overview of who you are, where you're at in the world, and what you're doing? No, absolutely. First of all, thank, thanks for having me, Kelsey. This is, it's like a weird, exciting thing, you know, to asked to be on a podcast. I feel like a weird celebrity but i i know that's that's probably too self-flattering um oh, you uh, are <laughs> yeah anyways um so my name's i'm andrew andrew winker um kelsey and i went to college at AM, so really loved my experience there um through five years throughout most of college i i was was pretty caught up in into the business school and, and went through most of college thinking that i was going to go into public accounting um and, and that, that pretty quickly turned after my experience just did not feel like that was necessarily what, what I was is gifted in um, or is good at. So I, I, I kind of had my dream is the wrong word because I didn't dream to be an accountant. But I had my, my plan kind of, I guess, crash in on me my, my last year of college and, and went through a bunch of thinking about what, what career means and, and what, that, what, what I really wanted out of my, my life my job and then my first job. Um, and so that, that kind of led me, I, I had a lot of friends that worked in, in management consulting and, and it, it doesn't sound like a more glorious job than public accounting. Um, it's still in the corporate world, but I've, I've loved my job experience so far. I work for a big consulting firm in Houston. And so I've really, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed my, my time so far. Oh, I'm excited to dig into how you thought critically uh, in college and otherwise, you know, I'm sure that you have many thoughts towards your career and where you're going, um, where you've been, all that. Um, yeah. But one thing that I think is just going to be so valuable about your perspective and what you have to share is that I want to be very careful about as I collect all of these different experiences and interviews to share with the listeners, I don't want to paint 
the picture of a calling only being equivalent to a life in which you do something crazy, say, screw the cubicle, uh, I'm going to live life on my own terms, be a creative entrepreneur, or otherwise. Even last night, I was talking to a group about we have to be so careful not to say a calling is only something that is represented by some dramatic story. Um, And so the counterpoint to that, that I think that you represent so well, is that (laughs) a picture of faithfulness and a picture of calling is also being in a traditional or corporate uh, work environment and achieving in that sphere and being a light in that world. And so just because my calling was to leave my consulting job doesn't mean that that's everyone's calling. Your calling might very well be to not just be in the corporate world, but stay and flourish there. So um, I'm excited to hear you share along those lines. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to those things. I, I, I 100% agree. I, I think that it's, that's a really easy tendency to have. And I, I think mm-hmm. like, two things that are like really important to understand in that is is one that i think a lot of times in in culture especially like the christian culture there's kind of this secular sacred divide you know where you one type of work is is holy and better than the other type of work you know and then and then the second thing is i think just having an accurate theology or just understanding of what work is and and what it isn't and what it was created to do and i i think that that if, if those aren't in place a lot of times it can lead you to feel really bitter and confused if you're working a corporate job and expecting something in, in general that works not meant to provide. So I, I think that it's really, I, I think you're, you're hitting on some really important points, you know, so I, yeah. I, I'm excited to, to dig in. Yeah. I, gosh, I mean, I could talk on the theoretical so much before I just actually start asking you questions. Yeah. <laughs> a thought that's coming up is that we're also, I think, all called to potentially variance of attitudes towards work. Like, yeah. Uh, the, well, a job's a job. It, it might not be the attitude that everyone is meant to embrace. Like to me, it's something that is so much more in it. It is um, a more delightfully consuming part of my life. Um, and then there's others, well, yeah, that kind of represent um, that like more passion filled side and no, it has to be everything. And I think that the the Bible even shows that there are it's not always one size fits all. Like I was thinking about the um, different types of callings and that one of the types of callings is we're all called to a family unit in some way. And some, that means marriage and others, like Paul says in first Corinthians chapter seven, he's like, no, if you don't have to, don't, because some are called to just be so focused on their ministry. Maybe I'm uh, going too far on a sidebar, but um, I'm excited to hear more about your attitude towards work. Um, and anyway, here we go with. Oh yeah, no, happy to happy to dig in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so first, can you just give a little picture of your? Maybe let's start in college. Like, how did you first become drawn to accounting and what was your thinking there? I'm kind of excited to explore the evolution of thought and attitude towards your career decisions. Yeah, so I, I think it's really important to, 
the, the common theme I've heard of anyone that I've talked to in college or, or in consulting or in, a lot of times is when you ask the question like, well, what do you want to do? Especially in college, you feel like you have to have an answer. And, and I think that it's funny because I, I feel like every year of college that I went further and further, I became less and less confident in what that answer was. And it's funny, even as you transition to the corporate world and ask people like, like consulting is viewed as this field where you see a bunch of different things and you're supposed to learn like what you really want to do. I, I think that a lot of times that, that that's kind of a myth, you know, that you'll find you'll land in someplace one day where you're like, this is exactly what I'm meant to do. And, and, and maybe that's true. I mean, maybe I, I think that, that there's a, there's different, like you said, there's different variants of that. Um, but to answer your original question for, for me in, in college, I kind of, looked at things coming out of high school that I was good at and that I enjoyed doing. Um, and so in my, in my head, a lot of it honestly was probably hearing that if you want to do accounting, you would for sure get a job. Mm. So I was like, okay, well that, yeah, then I, I want to do that, you know? And, and the first couple of accounting classes, I, I, I really do love like problem solving and getting to like, like think through a problem logically and in a, in a distinct way. And, and so that, that was what a lot of accounting early on was to me. Um, and then, then kind of throughout my, my, my college career, the things that I found the most life getting and joyful was any time that I got a, I got to mix. Like, I, I think that at the core level, most people probably going into college want like two things. And that's like really wanting a deep sense of like purpose, you know, or like, I want to be doing something that's impactful. And the other one is like, I really want people that really know me. I want like really good friends and, and really good like you think about those lifelong friends and for me the most joyful times in college is when I got to mix those two together Ooh. you know so I think about like like either being on like a team that was working towards something I was excited about you know on some kind of group project where everyone was bought in working towards the same mission or organizationally whenever you're you're in in a small team that's thinking about well where do we want to take this organization or this group and I, I just loved those moments and really got a lot of joy out of, out of those times. And so um, that, that, that's kind of an underlying theme that I wanted out of my, my job. And um, so that, that, that just kind of shaped, like, as I went through different internships, what I, what I would pick out what I liked and what I didn't like. And so, yeah. Yeah. So whenever, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, I was just talking to someone two days ago about how the common things in life aren't always so or the common sense isn't always so common. And so whenever you said earlier uh, in your pivot from seeing your career path starting out in accounting to then changing that into consulting, uh, you said, well, it, I just realized that there are things that I could be better at and enjoy more. <laughs> and I think back on my career and I was like, it doesn't matter what I'm good at. I will force myself to be good at technology yeah. consulting what I started in. Um, so I appreciate your thoughtfulness on that front. And um, whenever you did make that shift, how did you in your last year go from thinking I'm going to be an accountant to then settling on you want to pursue management consulting or would you say strategy consulting? I think that the terms Either are, way. they're all, they're all buzzwords. Who even you know? cares? <laughs> yeah. What you, what you do. But um, for me, yeah. Like I, I think that like some background on the decision is for me, like I think that 
I in college really kind of had this like like wanderlust of wanting to do these like really grand things, and, and those things still exist. I, I, I by no means think that I don't have that anymore. I think I still do. Um, but but for me, a lot of my my career decision was driven by the fact that I wanted to like live in the mountains and be able to do things that I loved in the mountains, which are all still things that I really love to do. Um, and so I, I kind of made my career decision around location, you know, like, like location was really important to me on, on where I wanted to live because in my head, I'm like, well, those are the things that are going to give me the most life and the most energy. And so I, one of the reasons I was drawn to accounting was because it was so flexible. Like I could do it just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I actually kind of like the, the story was I interned in Denver, which I loved, like living in Denver was great. I didn't hate public accounting. I don't want to paint it as a negative picture. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people in public accounting that have, have done really well there and liked it. And I, I, I did not dislike my experience. And, um, but kind of as I was going through it, I, I didn't, I, I felt like, I didn't feel like it like matched with what I enjoyed the most in college or what I was, what I was really good at. Um, and there are a lot of times in my later accounting classes, I was actually felt like I was like not good at what I would be having to do. And so I, I feel like for, for me, like I kind of, went through this almost existential crisis when I got to the end of my internship feeling like I had had what I wanted. It didn't quite feel like what I thought it was going to be. And so like for, for me, kind of the process was like, I really, it's going to sound like easy when I explain it, but it really wasn't. It was this like long process where I I really tried to like wrestle through like, what are the things that I want most out of life? Then like back down into that, like what are the things that I want most out of my career? So like when I think about like a long-term career, and then what are the things that I want most out of like my first job? You know, like, like what is like, cause I, I feel like it's really easy. And something I still have a tough time with is, is envisioning my first job is kind of permanent. You know, I have a really tough time in like kind of being patient in how things play out, you know? And so it was really important for me to think about like, well, what does a first job look like in that? You know, and so I think a lot of probably listeners that, that you'd have would, would be college students or, or younger professionals. And so I think that's like important to, keep in mind as well. So I, I kind of took some time to try and think through what those really meant to me. Um, and that, that really, that helped kind of take a step forward in, in that direction. Um, but it, it wasn't by no means like a black and white process. So oh, I'm, well, I could say I'm sure not because I went through the same thing. And if you're trying to be thoughtful, we all grapple with those things. But I think that the key component behind it all is there actually has to be I think that the gatekeeper to you considering those questions at depth is giving yourself permission to make different decisions than you first imagined yourself making. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because, I mean, you could have very well been like me and thought, oh, well, I I think that this is just what you're going to have to do, Kelsey, because what you see modeled is that you just have to take the get or done job. You have to take the resume building job. And of course, like those are things that we still consider. And that still very much fits into a description of what you do now. It's incredibly impressive. It's a wonderful company. And it is what people would say is resume building. But um, you use those criteria to make a different decision and more thoughtful, I would say. and so what, if I may ask, what were those, that vision that you had to say, like, what, what did I want from my life? Yeah, I, I wish I had the original paper that I wrote, I wrote it down on so I could like read it verbatim because it was probably like really angsty and really like, <laughs> crazy things. But, but I think for me, a lot of it was kind of what I talked about earlier. Like I, I wanted to kind of like 
live at that intersection of community and purpose, like like really frequently in, in some kind of meaningful way. You know, and so I, I think a lot of when I think about like the vision for, for my career, like I think that a lot of my college years and even probably my first couple of years of, of working were really driven by this, like more than anything, by like just this desire of like, I don't want to settle. It was this fear of like settling and, and whether that be like, like, so gr- I think a lot of times we probably gravitate away from sometimes what we, what we grew up in or, or we, we, in our years when we're thinking we're like, oh, I don't want that. I want something grander. And so for me, a lot of times that was, that looked like, well, I don't want to just be 30 and move to the suburbs. You know, that did not sound like a, a desirable life for me. And so a lot of my vision was kind of driven by that and um i didn't want a job that i just did on the weekends i wanted a job that i, I would find meaning and, and purpose in um and so i i think that what i really didn't what i really want to, to do out of my career and still do in, in some aspects i want to do something that I, I wanted something that didn't feel commonplace and i wanted to see something where like people's lives were meaningly transformed hmm. Um, and so, so I would say that, that was like my long-term vision for, for my, my life, you know, more than anything. Um, but, but when I think about, about career, I, I think that I've learned that it's, it's really important to have a healthy view of what work is and what work isn't meant to do. Um, and so, so that, that's kind of shaped a lot of my, I think a lot of those, in some ways, like the, the fear of settling was, was not healthy, you know, I mean, it's not like a, I think that a lot of times that, that especially like as millennials or people that, that really do want to make an impact, like we have to acknowledge that's a really good desire. Um, but that like a lot of times we don't get to, def- we, we don't get to see the impact or it doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like, you know, and if, if we have these unrealistic expectations, it can lead to a beyond what just the disappointment is like you can let yourself be crushed by that. And so I think that it's yes. important to like develop that, a healthy view and a biblical understanding of what work is actually meant to to be so yeah i agree on that i hmm, i think that the natural question here is what is your view of what work is and what it is not to put you on the hot seat (laughs) no that that's great like i i've i've thought about this a lot actually because during my first couple months of work you know i'm i work in a job where a lot of our clients are big corporations you know Mm -hmm it can feel like all I'm doing is helping a big company just make more money, you know, which, which I think anyone in that position is not going to feel like that's entirely meaningful, you know, um, whether you're a believer or not. And so I I think that a lot of times, like I look at work as like the, like fundamentally like what I'm doing. And I, I found that a lot of times the joy I got out of work wasn't entirely related to the project. It was also the people I did it with, you know, so that, that was one aspect, but to me, work, I, I think really is, is fundamentally at its core meant to be like creative and assertive, you know? So like you're in the same way that, that when God created the earth, there, there was ambiguity and he put structure around that. I think that fundamentally work does that at its essence, you know? So even in my job as a management consultant, like what I view my job as doing is I go into a situation where there's a lot of ambiguity and I get to put structure around that and help people process through something in, in like a linear way, you know, and, and I think that like it, it's rearranging the raw materials of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world and people flourish, mm. you know, and so I think that like that's what I would say like my definition of work is shaped to be and and I think the beautiful thing about that definition is that like all work is God glorifying. 
you know, whether I was a janitor. Well, as, as Tim Keller says, all, quote, everyday work is yeah. I love how he puts that. I was like, oh, wait, somebody's yeah. going to find a loophole here. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, you, you probably could if you, if you want to. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, that a lot of like the healthy view of, of that work is learning that it's, it's, it's also kind of a, a product of the fall. So like, it's not going to fulfill everything that you want it to. So like, I think for me, learning to accept and, and be content with the fact that work will be both fulfilling on one level, but it will always be frustrating. Um, that, that helped me give me a lot more realistic perspective. And I, I think one thing that was really healthy for me is, is my now, as I'm working in a, this big corporate role, my, my now fiance was, was, a, was literally a missionary overseas for a year. Whoa. And so I think that it was really interesting seeing a lot of the, the common themes of like the, even in a, a field that you would view as this like really holy kind of calling. Sorry, I got friends walking in. Oh no. <laughs> What's up? Sorry, we're mid-podcast. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Community. Hello. Sorry, I was fine. It's all good. You might have to edit that last part out. Oh uh, no! Well, it's you know, raw. It's real. Let's just keep it. It's real. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to barf um, after hearing myself say it's raw and it's real. But let's just move on from that. We're doing it live. Okay. <laughs> I love it. We're doing it live. Um, I, I don't remember exactly where I was, but um, I, I think I was talking about the uh, kind of the idea that, that work is both like um, is going to be regardless of what you end up doing is going to be both fulfilling and like frustrating you know and so for me it was really helpful that I'm going through my first year of my my career and I'm I'm wanting these really meaningful things I'm going to see people's lives changed and and feeling frustrated with that a lot of the times like that's just not what I'm getting to do every day does that mean that I should go do something different and then on the the parallel end I have my 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 girlfriend at the time now fiance was literally like a, a missionary overseas and a lot of those themes are pervasive you know that there there are days that work just feels like toil even when the end of it is something that is very clearly god glorified you know and so i, I think that like it's really helpful to, to to level set on that and to not expect that work is going to be this thing that is going to fulfill you because that's not what it's meant to do you know in the same way that you're you're putting something in a wrongful place and, and work is very important it's an aspect that's a really important part of our lives in a lot of ways can like play into and, and shape your identity and, and all of those things, right? I think that it's important to have a really healthy view of what, of what, it, what it is and what it is, you know? I totally agree. Have you read Every Good Endeavor? Because I have. Yeah, like, that was one of the books that I was going to... If other people have talked about that, a lot of my, my, my probably thinking on work was shaped by that. So maybe oh, I'm just me too. to people, but... No, I'm, definitely. I, I mean, me as well. I think that I completely agree with so many of those things like work will always at some level be frustrating and fruitless as as a result of sin entering the world and the fall of man but one thing that i have conviction about is that we don't have i okay i kind of see this fundamental divide between people who if asked about their kind of philosophy on work 
their immediate response might be, well, uh, work, work is work. I mean, or it's kind of like the curse. I've even heard people say, well, you know, work was actually a curse. And I just was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. That just didn't seem right to me at all. So I studied it and it's not meant to be a curse. It was meant to be a blessing. God did it of his own volition. He worked for the sheer joy of it to create the world and then commissioned us to continue in his work of creation, cultivation, and care for that creation. Um, and so um, I think with that, I, I'm kind of drawn to this conclusion that Whatever you do as a Christian, just make sure that you have conviction behind it and you see your its place in your Christian worldview. You see how your work can, well, that's one thing that Tim Keller says in Every Good Endeavor. Every Christian must see the connection between their work and how it participates in serving the kingdom. And so if you can think through that connection of how your work as a management consultant or my work as a career coach connects to serving God's kingdom and you say, huh, that's something that I believe is a faithful use of the individual and unique talents I was given, the opportunities I was given, the resources, the time and history I was placed in, all of these things. And if you say, I think that is the best use of all of those things right now, then bada bing, bada boom. I think that you can rest in whatever it is. Like if you say, um, you know, I don't know if like, okay, I'll speak for myself. Um, maybe if I was in consulting, I, I thought, well, I don't think that this is like the most purposeful use of my life at all in this exact moment right now, but I see the vision for how this will prepare me for future seasons. And I see how um, this is a required experience. Um, so anyway, I think that we just have to see how it connects to God's story, whatever that is, and land on a point of conviction. And if you don't have conviction about it, my encouragement to people is usually to find some, <laughs> whatever you yeah. can addiction behind no that's a good point but I, I i do think it's it's important like in my job as a, as a management consultant i would say i have a lot of those things like I, I feel very confident on the path that i'm going down i feel really confident that like what i'm doing is what i'm called to do in, in part because that's the door that was open to me um and, and so i i think that like we have to be careful in the framing of that question that like a lot of times for, for me, for example, it's really difficult when I think about my work, like, am I like the question I asked myself was like, how much like with my existing abilities and opportunities, can I be of the greatest service to people knowing what I do about God's will and like human needs? You know, that's the question of like, like for me, that's what I ask myself when I think about like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And for me, a lot of times, like, I think that it would be really easy if you ask yourself that in a professional job to like, I, I think just because it's so baked into our culture to really have this secular sacred divide that asking that question, if you're not careful, will always lead to something that you're going to deem as more meaningful. Mm. Then, when in reality, you know, I, I really, I'm a, I'm a big believer. You know, I, I, I think that like, I, I think that all work that what we're called to do is, is the same mission, like underlying. I, I, I don't think that there's like, like at the core, like, 
I look at a lot of the characters in the Bible and they were like farmers, you know, (laughs) (laughs) this like their job was no, nothing more than like providing, providing, and the idea of a career wasn't even thought of, Mm -mm. you know? And so like, I I think that, that work is really important, but I think that like, I think at the fundamental level, like everyone is called to what God's mission is in the Bible, which is to magnify his glory. And the way that manifests can can look really different for people, you know? And like the example I think of is like, I think of like a missionary, you know, and like, it's this really vivid example of what this person does is they, they commit their life. Like they like, build their lives around a mission. So they say, this is the mission that I want to be about. Um, they, they live on a set income. They say, this is the income I'm going to make. Cause I'm going to support raise that. They, they, they make sure and dedicate their time and their, their efforts towards like reaching people that don't have the gospel. And they surround themselves with, like a team of people who are going to do that with them. You know? And when I think about those elements, like uh, the missionary is like this really visible way. Like they literally sell everything. Like I think when I think about my life as someone in the workforce, like it, it should be the same, you know, like I, I, I think about like, I should build my life around a mission, you know, that I think is the same as the missionary, you know, and then, then I think that like, I should, I, I mean, I think it's money when I think about where we are in time and culture, like, I don't think there's ever been a culture throughout all of history that is probably richer than America. Mm-hmm. And I, think I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a real shame a lot of times whenever you have someone that could have a real high income potential job that would just say, well, no, like this isn't as impactful or, or whatever. And when, when you think about like, like that, you know, like I, I really think so. So for example, like living on a set income, you know, I, I think that a lot of times what we've had modeled is that it's, it's, it's financial wisdom as a Christian to make as much money as, as you want and then, then tie 10% on that. And that's financial wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, and for some people that might be right, you know, but I think about like, living on a set income, I have a lot of potential to, to further that mission. If I'm just as passionate about someone that's going to be a missionary is like sending. Yes. You know, like I would, I would love to see a group of people that were just as committed to, to sending or, or, or doing the work, the missionary work here, you know, like, and not in the sense of like a missionary in Houston necessarily but like, yeah, well, no, like my resources are going to go towards this. I'm going to live in the context of a team that's going to help me do that. You, you know, so there's all these elements that like, when I really break it down, shouldn't be that different, you know? And, and so I I think that it's, it's important. I think that as we're analyzing the view of of meaning that we, I think that keep a healthy view in mind of like, well, at the fundamental level, what I'm doing is, is like trying to magnify God's glory. And that, that can vary. There's no, that, that, that is a hundred percent doable in a corporate job. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, But I, I want to, Maybe go back a, a minute and... Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, Kelsey. I'm, no, you are not. That was solid gold. That could be on a goal cast. Come on. Uh, but I I was thinking back to... Are you ready for my counterpoint to your... Uh, yeah, no. Like, if we're going to spar on here or something, like, right. I can do that if you, if you want to. But I, 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 yes. I, I'm going to. I Actually, based on what you continued to say, I'm not even sure that this is a counterpoint. I think that we might agree on this. But whenever you mentioned, if you look back in the Bible, it was an agrarian society and everyone was a farmer and there was no talk about career. It was, I will take up my father's mantle and I will do that same thing and I will continue on our lineage. And that was very much the focus of the time. And actually, so that's one thing people will say, like, well, come on, Kelsey, like everybody was just a farmer. They, this is such a, like a privilege, like millennial dream 
conversation that you're hosting of like, go find your purpose. What do you mean your purpose? We all have a common one. Um, and I would agree, but I have a, a, many counterpoints, but <laughs> back to this one. Um, and another thing that people say is, well, actually, if you look at the Bible, no one got paid to follow their individual calling. If you look at individual callings, like um, not just people, ooh, actually, no, I know that's not true though, because there is a passage in Romans about uh, how God ordains people to not just be apostles uh, or prophets or teachers or whatever in the ministry sense and support raise, but he also ordains the people in government and to fulfill that prayer whenever we are asking for security, holy cow, or asking for food. We have to have a, a farmer that grows the wheat and a baker that that's like the reformed theology view that Luther used to give purpose to quote secular work. He identified that um, there is purpose in all these things. And whenever we're praying for security, well, we have a uh, like worldly governments and police forces and all of these things that are able to step in and fulfill their calling to protect us. But one thing people will say is like, well, the Bible doesn't have a view in which people get paid or really have much choice in their quote calling. Um, but my, here's finally my counterpoint is that um, in the beginning, we see that model for work being creation, cultivation, um, and maybe care is just meaning the same thing. But I see those three words, caring, intending for the creation that we're, we were given to cultivate. And so there's this call to use the raw resources we were given and human potential and the human spirit and critical thinking to build society, culture, technology, all of these things. We were meant to build up and continue God's work of creation and cultivation to advance in society and make a society at all. And so in that, I think that there is room to say that our view of how we are called to work and what that looks like can evolve as well. And so I think that we can have this view of calling in which we are, um, paid to do it, that it is something unique, individual, and we could be even more creative. And we don't have to just sit back and be like, well, the responsible thing is I just need to go out and maximize my salary and just be a sender and cut my checks and pay my tithe and do those things. I think that that is one um, extreme view that we should be careful of that. Okay, well, I think that we just need to be faithful with any decision. So it's all about mindset. And we really should just be used, get used to toughening up and finding purpose in whatever we're in. Whereas my point is, I think that we could go and have a higher bar for seeking out situations in which we find more purpose. <laughs> that is my, my TED talk. Thank you for coming today. What are your thoughts? <laughs> No, I love that. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I like, I, I don't know if I, I disagree with that, but I, I do think that like, one, I think that you, you can find like all work is God glorifying, you know? And so I, I do think that you, you can find those core elements of, of crafting, like of, of doing what you're saying, of cultivating and, and serving and creating like in any job, 
you know, and so that's not to say that like that, that means that I think a lot of it comes down to like motive in which I can't judge for anyone else, you know, and no one can. Of like, I mean, like if, if it's a mindless decision of this is what I'm going to do because I'm supposed to do it, that's, that's one thing. But like, I also look at the doors opened in front of people. Like, like for me, like I was, I, I think I wrestled for a long time of like, well, man, am I supposed to do miniature consulting? And like, I came to the point, I was like, man, if God really doesn't want me to do this, like he's going to close the door, you know? And, and so I think there's, there's some element of like being able to take a weight off yourself. I think that a lot of times, like, the fear that can underlie a lot of people in the decision is that they can like miss God's calling, you know, or that I can, can like, like I, I, I have a way to mess it up. You know, like if I don't like, if I don't, if I don't make this decision the right way and pick the right career or pick the right job, like I'm not going to have lived up to my full potential or like I could have done more, you know? And I think that we have to challenge our, our view that like fundamentally, like that, like we, like God doesn't need any of my, my gifts you know he doesn't need me in my career to do a certain thing you know and he he I, I think that a lot of times it can be easy to like try and j- just to have that fear of like if I don't make this decision the right way like I can blow it you know and like I think there's always like like that's not to say that like like there there probably are people that don't make the decision that's not like a blank check over over whatever you do it's, it's fine you know but I, I do think that like there can be an unhealthy view of feeling like I have to make this. There's one option that's right. And these other ones that, that might be secondary and I have to always find what's number one, mm. you know, like for all I know, I could be really gifted piano player and I'm, I'm not, but like I could have this weird skill that I never knew that I had. And like, it have been the way that I got the most potential for X, Y, and Z, you know? And so I think that like, I do think at the end of the day, like there, there's truth in the fact and what I've heard, from, from older I think it's it's also really interesting like to look at it from a cultural lens of like how our view of work is transformed you know like even historically like if you go back like 50 years to like maybe Kelsey and his parents or grandparents like baby boomers you know like culturally they're coming out of a time period where what they saw was their parents in the great depression you know and going through world war ii and this, this idea of work was very much like no my, my company like provides security you know, like my job, like provides provision, you know, which, which in, in some ways is not wrong. You know, like that's not entirely like there's tendencies in each, each generation. And then us as millennials, we grew up in a time where for a lot of us, it, it was probably, there wasn't a major war going on. You know, like we, we weren't at risk of getting drafted. Um, like there are certainly people that had tough economic times. So I'm not trying to say that didn't exist, but, but like for the most part, like a lot of me and my friends, our, our parents were fine. It wasn't a, a threat of like, like, oh, I, like my, my career, like I, I had more freedom in that decision, you know? And so I think that like the underlying tendency, I just think we have to be aware of the underlying, like, like cultural tendency and tug of like that generation views it as like, as wrongful to like take the, the liberties in that decision, you know, and thinks that there's like a recklessness and like our generation probably sees the, the person that works in the same career for 50 years at, at some job is, is settling. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that we just have to be aware about this like th- those those influence our thoughts and our the way that we view things and like both of them like it's it's this major pendulum swing you know of like work is meant to be this thing or work is just something i do to get paid you know and the real answer is is is, is not on either one of those ends of the spectrum you know so i think that's important to to know as 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 people make that decision Absolutely. You just spoke to 
a huge lesson that has just been revisiting me and my life so much lately yeah. is this driven home point of, I don't remember the exact verse, but it's Ecclesiastes in which it warns us against uh, pursuing extremes and living in yeah. extremes. We cannot, <laughs> we can't. So I think to your well-stated point, we have to be aware of the, um, the extremes in our own lives, but then our cultural extremes that we're encouraged to go to as well, and then uh, be careful to avoid those. Um, but that, oh, I was thinking about what you said earlier in your point of, it seemed to speak to this thought of God wants our hearts, not the fruits that we could cultivate. Yeah, um, he doesn't. I loved the point you made about he doesn't need our gifts, and that's something I I have to remind myself of all the time, and I really try to drill it home because I I want to be so I want to use my life as well as I can. I want to be like a maximizer of what yeah. I've been entrusted with, and I think I could hyper focus on the parable of the talents. That's kind of central to the work that I do. It's I want to help others maximize and be smart with all the things that we are entrusted with but your point is brilliant in that we have to remember behind that we aren't god didn't need the dividends on the wealth that in that parable the master requested from yeah the servants he doesn't need our wealth he wants our hearts but the thing is that when our hearts are for him fruits are made yeah. cultivated um yeah. and so chicken and the egg i think yeah <laughs> right no there. i mean you're, you're totally right i mean it comes down to this like question that i think that everyone has to ask themselves like is it my job to maximize my own potential Whoa. you know like, if you think about that like is it like is I it my you know like in in you know like I, I i think the answer is no you know like i i don't think that i'm the one that like i i really trust that like as i hold my life loosely that it's a lot more freeing when i fully recognize that that is in god's hands like i think about like the thing i think about that i've wrestled through a lot is like i i feel like i have this deep desire like when i look at the bible it's like i want to be like david you know i'm like i want to be this person who, who's clearly his heart was after god you know but then i compare the life of david with like let's say one of the soldiers that that died within the first five minutes of the battle <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, and then I think about like, did God's like, is not like, is one of those better, but it's like, I'm aspiring to this thing and probably rightfully so. But I, I think that there's a real tension there between like God, like if God calls me to be the soldier that dies in the first minutes, five minutes of the battle, like, am, and that's what my life holds. Like, did, did I not maximize my potential by living into that? You know, like, and, and I, I think that like, there's a real tension there that we have to struggle with between like, yes, it's good to aspire for high things. But like, what we can find ourselves, I think, is that the real aspiration is I just want to be the hero of the story. Mm. You know, I want to be the hero that, that, that like, did the most for God, you know, and I think that, that, that vein of like, of, of achievement that, that is, that can be good, can, can run under the same things that, like, that can apply in anything you know if i was to be a missionary for me like i'm I'm a big achievement you know which is something that, that can be good it can also be bad but I've, I've had to realize that that would come out of any field if i was to be a missionary i would want to have the most successful ministry mm. if i was a pastor i would want to have the most like cared for church you know and and if in my job it's like well i want to make the most impact as i can 
you know, and so I, I just think it's important to like wrestle through the tensions of like, I don't think that it's healthy to view your, it is your job to maximize your own potential mm. because that's not, I don't think that's what it's looked like in it's viewed as in the Bible. You know, I don't think that's biblical, you know? And so I, I think that like, it's that, that's just an important thing to wrestle through and like to ask ourselves, like, am I willing to die to the view that like, it's my role to, to do this or that it fully is God, the one that's doing it. And then the paradox in that is that doesn't mean that I just let go and stop trying, you know, that doesn't mean that I just like, you know, so it's like that, that's not a license just to like hold your hands up and be like, well, I guess I can do whatever. And it's fine. You know, in the same way that like, it's biblically when you become a Christian, it's not just like, Oh, I can sit and do whatever I want. I I think it's the same principle, you know? And so, but, but I do think that like, if you view it as like a, in the same way that if I was to view it as like, well, it's my job to be good enough to get into heaven. Like, I think that's the same thing you can do with your work. You know, it's my job to maximize my potential. And, you know, so it's, it's, I think that like, and that's a tough road to walk. Like, I don't think anyone like that this isn't like prescriptive of like, this is what you do to get there. Like it really is an internal, like, I think that has to be very spirit led and very like, like something that, that you, you kind of have to, to let go of. But I, I think that, that the people that I've seen that are older and, and even younger that have the healthiest views of their work, whatever that is, like, I think fundamentally at their core, like probably have come to grips with that. So. Uh, yeah, I think that you just rocked my world a little bit. I'm kind of stunned. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I just, I realized that I really have been trying to carry a flag for um, maximizing your potential, as you said. Um, but you're so right that it's not our ultimate job. It's definitely not our ultimate anything. <laughs> um, but there is a reason and a good purpose behind this is going to sound like I'm just thinking about me. I guess I am. Here we go. So there is a purpose behind me trying to contend for these things because like you said it is not like hands off oh a hundred percent like i think that if anything like especially the role of a someone that's a coach and a guide is reminding the people of the truth of that at every step of the way you know like you're helping people keep a healthy perspective on that one to not just let go and just settle might be the wrong word because i've used that a lot but not to just like be like just give up, you know, and be like, well, I guess I just have to, and, and to push people to think harder, but also to remind them that, yeah, it's not your job, you know, like you don't have to be the one that, that you take, you get to take the weight off too. Yes. You know, like you get a, you get a, like so often in the Bible, there's these really crazy paradoxes, you know, on one hand you have in Proverbs, they're talking about the ant who like, like work on the ant. And then on the other hand, you have like Paul who's like, well, whatever you do, like it's going to be to the glory of God, you know, or it's, it's, you know, it's like, there, there's, there's all, you, you get to help people walk toe that line between the scripture has both of those and, and both of them are, they're not conflicting and they're right, you know, and you get to help people navigate that, that challenging road. So I think it, I, by no means is it like a license of like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. like all of scripture, you know, it's like, well, yeah, like if God is fully and supremely in control, what does that mean? My role is, you know, and my role is to provide to, to, to give my life in a worshipful way fully to God that makes his name known, you know? And so I, I think that that's really healthy to keep in mind. Mm, definitely. So, well, that was a whole lot of, a whole lot of lies that you said whenever you were like, I don't know if I have wisdom to share. I think I'll just have some, <laughs> some thoughts to kick around. No. Good grief, Andrew. That was, that was good. That was fire. Um, 
Okay. Apparently my favorite thing to do in this podcast is to like pick back on like seven minutes ago, you said something, but I really, uh, here we go. Because I talk for seven straight minutes and don't give you a chance to talk back. <laughs> no, but I love it. It's really That's good. Stuff. But it. you said, um, you don't think that you, we can miss our callings. And I know that along the theme of our conversation, you're perfectly aware of the paradoxes within each of these themes. Um, so I, I guess I want to explore that for a second because I do think that we can mm. miss our callings and you might agree because there's some caveats to who that applies to. So first, one of the fundamentals under what we have been discussing this whole time is that we actually have, well, at least what Oz Guinness, uh, an author he calls our primary calling and our secondary calling. Mm. Primary is the call to faith in Jesus and a faithful life of following yeah. him. And mm. there's multiple ways that that looks like. Um, so like the core components, I was just presenting on this, so I have it fresh in my mind, like a call to faith in Jesus, call to make disciples, call to a church community, call to um, eternal life, because we're made to live in eternal glory in heaven with God. Um, and I think that there's one more I'm missing, but you get the theme, like those yeah, faith yeah. and faithful life components. And so that is our primary call. It is given to all people, completely universal. That is what God intends for every person to answer to. Um, yeah. But of course, not everyone does. Um, and the secondary callings are the things that are individually and uniquely worked out in everyone's lives in a different way to serve the primary. So in terms of faith and faithful life, our careers, is a, it's a huge component of it. There's yeah. our call to family. That works out differently for each person. Not everyone is called to marriage or to children or to um uh, those things. Of, and then I could like sit on all these points for a while. I'm going to move myself along. So like to family, to um, serve the community at large, to build up the Christian community inside and outside the walls of a church using our spiritual gifts. And then the fourth core secondary calling that we have is our vocation or our occupational calling, uh, which of course serves in is just another way that we live out being faithful and following Jesus and glorifying him through this enormous chunk of our lives called our work days. Yeah. Um, wait, Kelsey, you could do this. What was your point in all of that tangent? <laughs> um, oh, help, SOS. Jesus, hold my hand, help me. Um, but, um, oh, okay back on it. Here we I go. Missing and calling. I think missing and calling. So we, of course, not everyone responds to the first calling. And so we could sure as heck say that not everyone is responding necessarily to their secondary callings. Um, so I think that, well, I just would like to explore the paradox there as well, because it, we can't just say, ah, oh, you can't miss your calling. You can't. Yeah. Because I think what we're saying is, you can't not live a faithful life. And that's not true. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you're, you're, you're probably right. There's some, there's theologians and people that have thought a lot more about <laughs> questions that I have and that are a lot more probably knowledgeable. And so I, I by no means, I, I think that 
Yeah, I, I just think that there's like it, it really comes down to like I believe that God is supremely in control, you know, and I, I fully want to live into that. And I think that I like I think that I don't know how much of a paradox it is, you know, but I, I think that like it's the confidence of if that is my guiding star, you know, that then I'm not going to miss it. You know, like what, what's not going to happen is me sitting here and, and not from a distinct career standpoint, but me saying, Lord, I want to live out that primary call with all of my heart, wherever that is and holding it loosely. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you're ever going to miss out on the secondary call. Yes. You know, I, I think that like, and I, I look at people that I, I think a lot of it's an aspect of impatience of like, you know, like I'm, I'm 26. Like when I, when I, I think that it's a really healthy perspective, like one of my heroes is, is a guy named Ralph Winter. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know about, but he was really foundational in shaping kind of the view of what world missions really meant and defining what it meant to like go to unreached places of the earth, you know, and, and for the first 50 years of his life, he didn't like his life seemed purposeless, you know, like oh, that's what his family would have said about him. It seems mm-hmm. like he's just getting different degrees and doing different things. And a lot of this, this man's beliefs now like and i i can see the way they've impacted my own life you know and and opened my eyes to whole new things i never new categories i didn't think of before but like that guy was 50 you know and like i i i think a lot of times like i can either either prioritize the secondary path over the primary one or or, you know and so i I just think that it's it's important i i do I, i would challenge i think that like if you really are open-handedly praying into that primary category the primary calling of like this is what i'm called to to like live my life fully to submit to the glory of god to like to to desire to live a life to to that end like i don't think you're going to miss out on your secondary calling i can like i i so i guess that that's my point you know i would hate for people to think that like sometimes you just have to do something you know your first job is it's not your calling necessarily. Yes. You know, like I don't think my calling stops. Does that? I, I don't think I'm called to a management, be a management consultant. Mm. You know, but I, I think that like that's that's where God has me right now, and I'm getting to inject, like I say, the kingdom, meaning like the standpoint of like what God's original intent was was to see environments cultivated, and, and I believe in my work, I'm getting to to do that. You know, I'm getting to yes. like really, you know. So I, I think that like. I, I think that it's 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 easy to be really discontent if you view it as something that you have to that if you're not doing it when you're 23 years old that you, you're never doing it and it's got to be this this crazy thing that you didn't expect you know that that it's not meant to be, you know so I, I think that's been been really really helpful for me. Mm, I completely agree, and yes, for the record, I'm also totally on your team with the um, the response that. If our hearts are for God, if we are praying in and actively trying to live out our first calling to be faithful, naturally, the desires of our hearts are going to say, Lord, how can I be faithful with my community, with my family, with my time, with my job? There's all these things that just naturally come up in our yeah. relationship um, with Jesus. And I think that if you have him as Lord of your life, then <laughs> you will see the fruits of him being Lord of your life and leading you and being your shepherd and how to use every aspect. And will we be perfect? I could hundred percent guarantee not. We, yeah. we all know that. We all know yeah. that. Um, so I think it's just 
giving it our best shot every day to live out um, being a follower of Jesus. And then all the ways that we experience fruitlessness and frustration on a daily basis, we will say and lean into the grace of God uh, who gives yeah. us comfort. No, 100%. Yeah, definitely agree with you. That. Um, well, I'm curious about what you feel called to do. You kind of started to mention it at the end of essentially being a light and all that, but I'd love to hear it in your own words. Uh, what is, um, I guess, the sense of calling that you have in your work in this phase? Of course, there's yeah. the long-term view and the short-term. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think that what I talked about earlier, I, I really had my my world rocked by a class I took my last semester of college called Perspectives. Um, and it's a class kind of about... Um, it's a lot of times deemed as like a, a missions class, but, but it's really not that it, 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 for me, it really connected a lot of the dots of what I viewed the story of the Bible through my whole life to be. And so th- that, that story I think is a, a God who, who created the earth perfectly. There, there was, there's along the way there, there was, there's, we, we, we stepped away from that. You know, there, there's some brokenness that's evident from what we can all see. And then there's a path to return, a path to restoration through Christ. Um, but but even throughout all of that, what God's mission was when he, he, he told us to multiply and fill the earth was to have the earth full of his glory um, and, and to, to see what, what glory in my mind means. Like the way I, I picture that is like, I really, I love the concept and the idea of thinking about like something that gets me really excited is whenever I imagine that I'm in like a worship service and I look over and I see like either a random person or one of my friends just like really worshiping God like rightfully because that's what it's supposed to be, you know? And then, then what gets me really excited is I, I think about that and, and God's original tent and, and God's plan at the end of all time is for that to be the case with people from across all times and all generations and all ethnicities and all tribes and all tongues and like I think about the beautiful mosaic that that picture portrays about the diversity of like these different people worshiping God in their own way you know and like how like that's just what it's meant to be you know like and I I get really excited about that in the picture and so like I view my life now and my mission is like how do I like if that like that's my real desire is to see that be fulfilled you know and, and how, how do I do that it's like right now as a management consultant that looks like okay well I'm really going to do my work excellently I'm going to really long for like people to know like the redemptive story of the bible you know and how that applies to your life and how it fundamentally changes everything I believe when you really take that in and, and assess what the claims are and then like how am I seeking to like break boundaries you know so much of my life is defined by people that I'm similar to or or different things and so this is all a super long tangent but um no right it's now, wonderful so that that's the end goal that I'm going towards so I think that I've been gifted with a lot of opportunities in in business like long term like a skill set and I, I think that like at its core like one of the reasons I love business as a profession is when it when it's done right i think that like business should lead to communities flourishing you know like you're creating jobs you're creating the social impact by providing people with like sustenance and living like the end product you make should in some way like bless the community you know and you have an opportunity like like work you mentioned in case you spend 
40 to 100 hours a week if you're an investment maker, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you spend a ton of time at, at work every day, you know, and, and however much time that is, like, as a company, like, you really have a big influence on whether someone not enjoys their life, you yes. know? And so I view, like, for me, like, I would love one day to run a business in a place of the world that's considered, like, unreached, you know, or so somewhere, like, in... Southeast Asia and, and really the purpose of that business being to bless the community, like physically with our products, whatever that is, like socially by creating jobs and like creating a, a social, like a sustainable, like, like just creating jobs there and providing like income for people and then like blessing them spiritually as well, you know, like showing them like what it looks like to how my life has been transformed by Jesus and the real power I believe that he has to make everything different, you know? And so that, that's my end goal. I would love to do that overseas and yes. love to be a part of a business doing that, you know? And, and so in the short term, I, I think it, it's weird because my, my job right now, like provides me a lot of opportunities to work. I could go work overseas. I can work with organizations that do those, de- that development kind of work really well. And so I, I get really excited about that. But I also just think uniquely if the end goal is that like all all peoples and all, all tribes and all tongues worship Jesus rightfully and give him the glory he deserves. Like that's, that's not happening right now. There's a disconnect because a lot of people have never, not just never heard the gospel, but like have never seen it lived out in their own native culture. You know, they don't know what that looks like, you know? And so I think about uniquely the position that, that America or, or me have in this time in history of being one of the like wealthiest nations in all time. And, and I, I orient myself like, what if I was just as committed to that angle with, with my job and my finances, you know, and I think about like the opportunity and the joy I get to have by, by giving generously to like these, these things, you know? And I, I think that like, th- that's one, I, I would say in my job right now, I feel very called to like, I enjoy my work. Like I enjoy working most of the time. Um, there's certainly times that I, I, I don't like my job um, and it can be really stressful. Um, but like, I enjoy my job. I get to do things I love outside of work and I get to really aggressively give my resources towards that, those, those end goals, you know? And so I think that like, like whatever job you're doing, you can contribute to that mission, you know, but like, I think that like, it might look like making different choices in the culture around you makes, you know? Mm I am so motivated. Seriously, I I'm like buzzing with motivation. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I I guess I just feel so blessed with this redeemed view of something that was not the choice for me. And yeah, honestly, this has been kind of just yeah a personal blessing um, to redeem Thanks. what just hasn't just because it it didn't seem to be a part of my calling doesn't mean that God is not majorly using um high level business for his yeah. name, not in the slightest and it encourages me and I, i'm sure those who are listening to not just um take a note from how you're handling your career but just that people uh, like you are out there being a light and really connected to yeah. a sense of business as a mission yeah like, 100%. Yeah, no, I, if, anyone, if any of the listeners want to contact me to talk more, I'm happy. I can talk to you guys about it for hours, you know, and so anyone. Like, like I, I think that there's a real need for people that, like, I think there's a ton of people that have the heart for missions, um, but like using your full giftings of, if you're a businessman or engineer or something, and, and really thinking about how do I introduce that into, how do I intersect these things? You know, I think that's a huge, 
need in the world. And so I, I'm all about those things. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I really do see such a huge need for that and not in the slightest a meaningless like, oh, reach out to me if you need it. Because people, have, you know, I think that whenever we leave college and you start your job, you get a few emails from people who are like, oh, I see you're an associate at X yeah. consulting company. Can I reach out to you? Um, I think that you could answer some big questions or provide even bigger encouragement to them. Yeah. It, What's a good way to reach out? Is LinkedIn typically a good uh, way if somebody just? Yeah, you, you can it. honestly like use my my personal email. Like I'm fine. Oh, with really? That. So yeah, I, I I think I'm allowed to do that. I don't I don't know that. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Uh, you can just do it's it's Winker W I N K E R, um, three nine six nine at gmail dot com. There has to be a story behind that number in there. I always That's love number numbers. My, yeah. <laughs> No, there's not a great story, honestly. I wish there was. That's like the numbers that my family, I think that was like our, this is not our home security code anymore. But that was just the number that I always knew for everything, so. That's so funny. I'm, I'm thinking back to how horrified I am that I really held on to that birth year in my Yahoo email address yeah. that I kept throughout all of college and put on all of my resumes. I'm like, yeah. how did I even that's such a good job <laughs> yeah like how was i not immediately disqualified by having first a yahoo email address second yeah. my birth year in it anyway gosh well andrew thank you so so much yeah I no problem i love getting to do it let me know yeah i'm, I'm excited so yeah oh well sweet everybody go reach out to andrew if you <laughs> wait, well not everybody I, who knows maybe thousands of raving fans are gonna hit that yeah. email address but we'll see thank you no. thank you for your encouragement and wisdom yeah thank you for having me kelsey it's, it's really a blessing for me to get to, to talk wasn't that incredible? Oh my goodness. I am still kind of floating after that conversation. I enjoyed it so much. and found it personally so profound. It really spoke to me a lot, encouraged me a lot. And it felt like in many ways realigned me and reminded me of the truth of what the purpose of work is and what it is not. So if you um, have been so impacted by this episode, once again, I'd like to remind you of how impactful it would be to this show and to the people who would really appreciate knowing about it. Uh, if you left a review, just take one second to tap on the number of stars that you would like to assign to this uh, podcast, or even better, just leave a few words about what you've gotten from Answer the Call, uh, this podcast. So I would really appreciate a rating and a review. And if any of the people in your life have kind of like flown along in your mind, like, you know, who would really appreciate this and uh, needs maybe a shot of encouragement and uh, bolstering and remind in having a reminder of the purpose of work and the purpose we could find in any job, um, especially if you're coming from Andrew's context of a corporate job, then go ahead and send this episode along to them. And uh, if you do want to reach out to Andrew, as he so kindly offered you could, um, his contact information is in the show notes of this episode, along with some other things. So go ahead and check that out. As always, I'm so honored uh, to be able to have these conversations and to share them uh, on this crazy thing called a podcast. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week, this time, this place. <laughs>